big decisions, paths followed, choices made. This is Connections, conversations about life and work. I'm your host, Jim Allen. The year was 2014, and my guest today, Tom Wong, felt tired doing some routine task like walking and chopping wood. I'm not sure if that's a routine routine <laughs> task or not. He went to the doctor and welcomed Tom. Tell me what happened next. Went to the doctor. Um, even before that, the, the, the walk to the bus stop had me hands on my knees before I could get there catching a breath. I knew this, this is not right. So I went into one of those um, uh, walk-in clinics and for some reason they decided to give me a blood work. Usually I, I wouldn't expect that, but they did that and uh, sent me home. Uh, I guess two days later at around 2 a.m. or something, someone, some of the blood works came back to that office or to the, whoever the doctor was and said, get yourself into a hospital and get checked out. So the blood work revealed what? It revealed the um, st stem cells make blood products. Right. And so they evaluated or they looked into all these, uh, the, the hemoglobin, the white cells, and the neutrophils. So a basic test, right? Yeah. And um, they were all um, not at the level they should have been at. So it, it indicated that um, something was amiss. Right. And um, so in 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 the... In blood cancers, what they look at is something called blast counts. Okay. Um, and a blast count is the stem cells that have not matured to hemoglobin, platelets, neutrophil, red, whites, whatever, uh, functioning blood products. So they're, they're still in your bone marrow, taking up space, doing not what they're supposed to be doing. It's like um, if you have a kid and... He's finished school and he's living in your basement, not getting a job or not continuing his education. It's kind of like not doing anything. So I had a lot of these kids in my basement, aka my blood marrow. Right. A diagnosis came fairly quickly though. And what were you di diagnosed uh, with? It was called uh, myelodysplastic syndromes. It's uh, the short acronym for it is MDS. Okay. And before it, they gave it a name, it was actually uh, known as pre-leukemia. And if it, so blood cancer. Yeah, blood cancer. And if it didn't um, get addressed, it would progress to, um, I think it would have been ALL, uh, any number of the leukemias. So uh, did panic, did panic set in? What was your, I guess, what was your, your reaction? Yeah. Well, I'm Shock, pretty, I'm perhaps. a pretty upbeat guy, but that, that threw me for a loss right. for sure. Um, but I tried not to wallow in that, uh, why me? kind of attitude. I, I wanted to research and see what was going on. And, um, well, my wife is pretty awesome. So she said, yeah, you're going to beat this. My son, same thing. You're going to beat this. So right. there's nothing I could do, but without yeah. understanding it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to in interject a personal anecdote here. Yeah. It's like, and I don't tell too many people this and why, why not come out today? I'm coming out. Nice. But I had, uh, I had, uh, my friends will know this, but I had bladder cancer in 2004, 2005. So um, I've gone through a similar experience than you have. 
fellow survivor. And fellow survivor. I had. Uh, we can get into some of the the gorier details later. But you, I, I know you had a whole regimen of stuff. I had chemo, and I also had surgery. Mm. So there's different ways of pursuing this. However, uh, my uh, my first question to my uh, doctor when he was giving me the bad news was like, "Will I ever be able to play the the violin?" And he said. That depends if you ever could play the violin, which was smart of him because, of course, I couldn't play the violin. So, <laughs> so I I found black humor yeah. was the way I kind of got through the whole too. thing. Not say I wasn't upset from time to time because uh, yeah. I actually was at least once. Yeah, but a lot of it I invest a lot of energy in just keeping other people uh, upbeat. Yeah, it's, it takes took a lot of energy just to keep everyone else from, from kind I'm of like freaking you, out. I'm like you, Jim. I I looked at it with humor, black humor, as as you put it. Yeah. But like, if I found myself wallowing, I would literally go upstairs to to my bedroom and shake it, trying right. like like a dog shaking off that that moisture. Because you have no choice. Yeah. Right. You have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the glass half full or half empty. Mm -hmm. You do have a choice sometimes. Mm -hmm. uh, how to. Uh, how to handle it? So, so I've I've done some reading about your your story because you've done some publicity. But the best chance for a cure was stem cell transplant. So, what is a stem cell transplant? So, a stem cell transplant is where they remove my bad stem cells and replace it with healthy stem cells. The likelihood of finding a match was going to be the greatest for my siblings, but. They both got tested, both my sisters got tested, and they weren't a match. So they had a chance of one in four of being a match, and it didn't come through. They were disappointed. I was disappointed. So the next right. step was to go on the stem cell um, registry to see if anybody would match there. What does a, getting a match mean? So they, they, what they do is they look at a, 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 an HLA. It's a, it's a human leukocyte antigen, and it... And they're like markers. So I thought it would come from my family as well, but that's not the case. I, I don't really know how to explain human, human leukocytes, but it's not DNA and it's not blood type. So they went through the Canadian stem cell database through, um, and there was no match. And then they had to reach it worldwide. Um, so throughout that process, I continue with my, my chemo. Um, so you ultimately had what three rounds of chemo, yeah, and then you had radiation, yeah. So you were going through it. You were going through the mill, right? Mm -hmm. So how did you feel during that? Did that knock you on your? Oh, I was pretty butt? white for sure. But I, like it, in my head, I was saying like, you got to stay strong on this. And I was there. There, there were some very good victories. Things like when a buddy of mine arranged for a, a a hockey session at the old Maple Leaf Gardens. I was able to play in that while I was going through chemo, and that was like. Um, a funny story with that was I, like, I was getting regular blood transfusions throughout my waiting period because my, those blood products were low. Yeah. You have to replenish it somehow. So, right. um, I got blood transfusions of plasma and platelets and red cells, whatever I needed. Um, the day before that hockey game, um, I got a, a, a blood transfusion and, and they, they, Kind of blame me for blood doping during the game. So that's pretty funny. <laughs> um, you did get a match, but it took, I don't know, eight months or something, which seems like a good thing. But if it's done on computer, why wouldn't that match happen like immediately? It's like, I don't, 
because they're just searching in Canada only. Yeah. So and then the, they do a wider that's search. That's right. Or or did was your ultimate donor, the person that you ultimately matched with, were they on that registry the whole time or had they just signed up? No. So that's so I I see parts of your story and yeah. I and because I did an, another was, interview with a, a, a fellow who was looking for a friend of mine who was, uh, and I encourage everyone watching to watch the interview. It's like you got a heart transplant, but part of it was, you know, they were just searching in Canada mm-hmm. and maybe the, but, and then I think there was some frustration because why didn't you just look wider? Why why From wasn't a wider net? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so why you know if it's and also it's all done on computer. So right. and if she was always there. And so there's no, you don't have any explanation for that, really. I can think of. So it of takes a eight or nine, say seven or eight. So it's she's on the registry, but right. they didn't find it until they cast a wider net. That's right, and it wasn't uh, even in Canada. And I thought, okay, it's not going to be in Canada, but look at the, don't, they have a stem cell program in China. Surely someone in China right. could match because, besides, other than the the, the familial uh, matching with with my family, it was going to come from an ethnic. Right. That was the same. So historically, it's, it's yeah, ethnic. Yeah, okay. and it didn't come from China either. Um, our stem cell database in Canada is seventy percent Caucasian. So right. to find a match, if you're a white person, that your chances are great. Within the Chinese community, it's only seven percent in the database, and all all Asians, including South Asians, etc., make up only fifteen percent. But even looking at that. Um, us minorities are, are could have been in rougher shape. I, the black community is at one percent. The indigenous community is at one percent. And if you're mixed race, it's even harder to find right. a match. So, yeah, even though I, I'm Chinese, it's uh, I was we the, sec, the, the Chinese population is the second uh, dominant group in the, in our stem cell database. So you've, you've become a bit of an activist for this whole issue and this, uh, uh y- you want people to get on the registry. Yeah, right? for sure. Um, um, and this, you know, this is sort of an interesting part of the story as well. Uh, you know, and as a white guy or, over here, it's <laughs> like, it's a uh, dangerous territory, but, uh, and that, that part of the story really jumps out. Why would certain, um, ethnic communities not be uh, be less inclined to be yeah. on the registry. Is there? A, yep. But do you I, have a pat answer for that. I there is an answer because I've asked it within my own community. Like, right. uh, what, like I know a fellow whose whose sister is a doctor, and their family, knowing the science, still will not do it. And I, that kind of shocked me. Um, part of the reason is because the 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 chi and and they don't want blood products coming out of their body thinking that it'll you know uh, lower the chi that kind of thinking so part of my my efforts has been to dispel some of those myths but but to get on the registry they they it's a swab of your mouth right it, yeah it's so uh, it's not uh, so part of it this is just education so there's no sure. needles involved no people they're think, not taking blood exactly right? exactly and that's a big part of what you're trying to the message that you're trying to get across mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. not a big deal no right just to be part of the registry is is a huge first step but the second part of being part of the registry is if you are ever called to be 
and you're a match for someone, right. to make sure you follow up and, and be that donor. There, there are cases where if you, uh, if you registered, you might have registered because your friend was going through something and you wanted to do something for your friend. But you got to know that being registered is not just for one person. It's for anybody that can use you. Yes. And hopefully you still say yes to a stranger. Because they'd be in that position as a patient and be told the news that they found a match and then to come back and, and find out, oh, that donor decided to back out for whatever reason. That's pretty disheartening. Well, let's get back to the story then. So you, um, <clears throat> you needed a match and you got a match. Yep. So you matched with a, a, a woman in Germany. Yeah. So not your ethnic background. No, nothing. total shock. Um, and then, so she matches. And so what's required of her at that time? Yeah. Well, the, the part, A, there were a few surprises in my match. Not, um, not um, in my ethnicity and not right. male. And typically, a, a male is a, a stronger match because apparently they, they produce... Uh, longer sustaining stem cells. So they right. want that. And in my case, it was a white woman, not even in Canada. Um, so what went into her regimen was they gave her drugs to boost her stem cell production. Um, so she's making more than she needs, which is great because right. when they take it out of her, she's going to be at a net net loss of zero. Right. They're only... So when they... When she's built up enough for me, she gets... She goes through a process like a transfusion where they take blood out of her arm, centrifuge all the stem cells out of it. And Does she just stay in Germany for this? Yeah. Like you didn't need to go to Germany. No. She didn't need to come to no. Canada. No. Okay. It's amazing. And so they centrifuge it. And then whatever is left over that is non-stem cell goes in her other arm. So right. she's exactly at zero loss. Right. And, um, it and was, how long would it take for her to do that? Um she was on her drug regimen for probably about a month or or two. So they're storing her yeah. blood? Um, she's building it up first in her system. She's right. making more. And then making. they take it out of her. And how much do they take out then? Like a, a body, like enough to fill your... Yeah. Well, no, not enough to fill me. Enough to get in, to get my body used to it and not dominate my body. Because... First, they have to see if what they gave me actually takes hold. Right. They can't, like if they took out 100% of my stem cell, they're not going to replace it with 100%. Right. So my, my blood counts were at zero for a, for a, right. for a while. And they, they monitored me hourly to see if what she gave me was building and building and recreating. During the yeah. procedure. Yeah, okay. and it was. So. so they transported something, like a blood product, yeah. From Germany, it arrives in, in and Toronto. To, and into me, the same way as I, I received my blood transfusions. Although much, much slower. My right. blood transfusions if for like a red, red blood cells or platelets or whatever in the past would have lasted maybe an hour. So this, this is this, a special th blood transfusion. Yeah, this they want to give you in slow amounts. So it was and overnight. they're monitoring you to make sure what happened. Yeah. What, What's the worst case scenario? They could your body could reject yep. reject it, or yeah. So that, you know, but it's a match, so they know that something's yeah. working. Mm -hmm. The the toughest bit that I went through through in the whole process was I had a 
a case of severe sepsis and um they gave me something to overcome it thankfully yeah. so that's the thing there's during these things there's always there's there can be huge some risk uh, of infections. Tour, uh, uh, roadblocks and yeah. obstacles and yeah. um so yeah the big the big milestones were um 2 weeks after the transplant 60 days after the transplant then a, a 6 6 month period then a year period and each time they expect your levels to be better and better and better and and that's what happened with that's you. That's what happened. Thank, you just thank felt, God. Now, you eventually met her. Yep. But years years later, you started yep. corresponding with her. So it's anonymous at first, is yep. it? Or, or uh -huh. how's that work then? So, um, yeah, I, I when they found a match, I immediately wanted to write this person a letter. And I didn't know who it was, where she was, where he was, who it was, right. et cetera. But I, I wrote it thinking I could sneak some of like my email, whatever through it, but not everything was redacted. It was like a, an FBI file right. and letters that she came, that came back to me as well. I couldn't identify, uh, he, she, or whatever. I, I, Were I they saw... in German, these letters? <laughs> um, <laughs> do you speak German now? No, no, After no. After the operation, you suddenly <laughs> no. speak now. Okay. She, she had some really good broken English for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you matter three years later. Or something, yeah, matter. So, what was that like? You, that, where'd you go? You go 20, over there. Twenty eighteen. You went yep, over there. So I, you're feeling great by this point. Yep, um, cured more or less. So. Yep. Um, in twenty eighteen, I had a business trip uh, in Luxembourg. Um, in February, I think it was. Yeah, no, February for sure. And uh, I extended my business trip and took a train to Berlin, and we met, and it was amazing. It was yeah, yeah it was. Because I brought things like thank you cards from my family and my friends to give to her. And we spent uh, dinner reading it over, pulled out the, the telephone, the, the, the cell phone to uh, get the, <laughs> the, the translator going. And we, got, we, we had great conversations with our translator apps. <laughs> so actually, just to backtrack a bit, you mentioned work where you were working at RBC at that yep. point. Mm -hmm. So how did how did, did you miss work and how yeah, were they I, about I, it? To, I took uh, two years off from, from the time I, that I was diagnosed. So the three rounds of chemo and the radiation mm -hmm. took you out for two years, yeah. pretty much. Well, they they and RBC was really generous about it. They don't want you coming back with stress of work. Right. They want you to completely heal. So that I really appreciated that. Every once in a while, there's, you make a religious reference. Mm -hmm. um, were you religious before this, or you, did religion? I, I did I, your did your faith get you through some of this? Yeah, no. I I, I grew up in Quebec City, which was my, mainly Protestant. So I went to a Protestant school, although <laughs> didn't didn't really have much um, motivation for religion. I, the one thing I recall from religion studies as a kid was doing crossword puzzles and one question was five letters starting with j <laughs> you know that kind of stuff right. and uh but yeah i definitely i i read the bible on my own as a as a high schooler i didn't go to any formal church or anything like that um but i've i always had a spiritual grounding and i think it surfaced a lot more during this period and yeah i i am um, yeah, God's very important to me right now, and probably the, hopefully the rest of my days. And I'm just so thankful with with my journey and um, being a better person from it. Um, and there there was a reason why I I caught this, and there's a reason why I'm beating it. Um, 
yeah, I'm here to spread not just being a good, loving person, but hopefully, hopefully being an example for others to be that person themselves. There's enough um, shit in the world that we don't need more of it. Don, we can't we can't swear on this uh, program. I'm, ki I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can swear all you want. I'm, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked. And frankly, offended. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just, Are you going to toss your water at me? Pulling your, I'm pulling your leg. Uh, since all of this happened, you, 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 you seem grateful, obviously. And then, and you, um, you've been involved in spreading awareness, some of which yeah. we've talked about already. But why, why the impulse to, to give back? Well, even before I, they found a match, I was on the trail um, looking for a match. Anyways, I, I'm pretty proactive that way. And in my research of, of what my disease was all about and finding out the the disparity in the in the stem cell database, I felt that I was the right person to get that message out because I'm going through it and it meant life and death to me. So, so you were do you're getting involved even before, before yeah. the what, what you call it an operation or a procedure or what do you a procedure. Procedure, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um yeah, it was a, with a group called Other Half, and they represent Ch the Chinese community in the stem cell. So I, I sp did a couple of interviews for them with the media, and then I got involved with Canadian Blood Services, who was looking for someone to go out to universities, and I said, call me. So I, I've been to Guelph and U of T and Western, those kinds of places, to to speak with their stem cell drive. Because individually, those those universities they do great work as well. They have their own stem cell drives. And I was just the person there speaking about what I'm, I was going through and the urgency of it. And yeah, I, my, my mission going through this was to increase the stem cell database, not just for the Chinese community, because I've spoken with the Jamaican community as well. And, and um, it needs that awareness for sure. So, I mean, you said you made speeches, but you've also uh, had swabbing events and things yeah. like that. So tell me tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so on the anniversary of my stem cell transplant, which is August 26th, um, I've held a fundraiser. So around the third week of August every year, although with the COVID, we haven't had it for the last couple of years, right. we've had a celebration called Tom Turns Whatever Age I Am. Right. for toys so what what happens is we uh we book this pretty cool club downtown and people are, are invited to come celebrate and bring a toy fit for me as a well if i hold it this coming year i'll be seven so you're bringing a toy and at the event we have a swab booth canadian blood services there we have information booths with uh from the leukemia society from um, Canadian Blood Services as, as well. The toys go to Sick Kids right. and to Princess Margaret. So what's Take a Haiku oh, Cancer? Take a Haiku Cancer is, is my f poke at telling cancer to take a hike. You write a haiku about your experience with with uh, cancer. I'm pretty sure we're not too far, too, I'm pretty sure we're not too many degrees of separation from knowing someone with cancer. Right. So I wanted you to write about that, whether you're a supporter, whether you're you, you're battling it currently, whether you've kicked its ass already. Um, right. um, tell me about your emotions in a in a haiku in a five seven five 
um, syllable pentameter, I think. And this was on Facebook and yeah, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, thing? Twitter, everything. Yeah, a bunch of our friends have have all contributed to it, and it's uh, it's amazing. I'm expecting one from you after I, this, Jim. I, I, I guess so. <laughs> I'll have to now. And so, so you write it. You're putting me on you, the spot. You take a picture of you holding your haiku, right? And then you challenge. I challenge. Fred, right. Bill, Margaret to right. write a haiku as well. Right. And then they're supposed to do it and challenge three other people. Cool. Cool. Or uh, what would you, what would you like to see happen at this point? Well, I I love the fact that the the Caucasian people continue to to be part of the database. We just need everybody else to be to follow their lead. And and in this cl- climate where there's more and more diversity in relationships, there's a lot more mixed marriages. We're going to need a lot of more people who are multi-ethnic to to be part of the database. Right. Yeah, it's not it's not just purely a Chinese person or purely a, a white guy or whatever. There's a lot of mixed races going on, so we need that community to like be part of it. Is there a website they, or who do yep. they contact to um, make this happen? The, the website is on the Canadian Blood Service website, which is blood.ca, and it's, it would be slash stem cells. And in this period of COVID, um, the number of, the rate has dropped significantly of people doing this, uh, registering their stem cells, but I think the, the number I, I saw was about 70% drop in, in the number of people. So you've lost some momentum. Yeah, yeah. So please go to blood.ca and find out how you can do a stem cell. All you're going to be doing is answering a couple questions. They're going to send you a kit. And when you get the kit in the mail, you'll get... Um, so you don't even need to go anywhere? No, the, you'll get four... Sent to you now. You'll okay. get four long Q-tips and you swab this corner, this corner, this corner, this corner of, of your, your mouth, mouth. Of your mouth. And you put it back into that package and send it off. That's it. It's easy. <laughs> So, hey, Tom, thanks for thanks for making the trip out here today. It's awesome. you got stuck in traffic. So, <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot. You're welcome, and um, thank you for having me. It's been thank you for letting me um, spread that awareness. My pleasure. Thanks for listening. If you have a comment or if you want to be on the show, send me an email at connectionsvideopod at gmail.com. And please subscribe.